0: The Steve Warren Project, sports and whatever. This starts this Saturday, May 22nd, with the reopening of outdoor recreational amenities, such as golf courses and tennis courts, helping Ontarians to safely celebrate the long weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, there it is. The provincial announcement that golf is back right at the last second. Here in the annual weekend of Steve, a tradition unlike any other. Where I get the pass to do whatever I like. And golf is always a big part of that. They said it couldn't happen, but it is. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. You found us. It is Ottawa Sports Talk and Fun. It is Steve and Jimmy once again as we close out our podcast week. James, how are things with you today? And once again, everything in the world was fine.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so you called good. it. You called it. Yep. I, I, re- I remember you saying it a few days ago. You thought they would lift the ban. Um, so much pressure from him and from everybody for him to do yeah. that, for the premier to do that. And it, it well, just, and it is a
1: sport for the wealthy, right? You think about all the pressure, the 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 calls on the side that Ford must have been taking here in the last week or so.
0: Well, you know, everyone's looking for. I, I mean, this thing is what it is, right? It's it's is it good? Is it bad? We get bad reports. We get okay reports. We get. Um, you know, I was reading yesterday, there's, there's a piece out about canceling the Olympics, you know, in Tokyo, because there's 700,000 cases and, and more people are dying and they've got a second wave and
1: it's just a really weak rate, a really weak rate of vaccination. It's lower than Canada's right now. Yeah. And it's it's in July, right? It's so imagine putting the Olympics on in July, nobody'd be going for that right now. Yeah. It's just like, oof, you know? Um, and, and.
0: So how do people get relief from it? You know, they go outside, go for a walk, uh, you know, get, get out of the house if you can. And, and so the, the best way to do it is play golf. Like we've said, it's the easiest thing. So, uh, But, you know, you gotta be, you got to give these people a break who are in this position of making those decisions, like the Premier of Ontario. You've got to give them a little pass on what, you know, they're just trying to manage this thing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. The, you know, also the fear factor, Steve, right? People are dying from it. And so what do you do, right? What do you do if you're in a position to make these decisions on behalf of the public? It's, you know, it's a stressful time, man. So I give the guy a little pass for what he did. I mean, when, when in doubt, leave it out, right, Stevie? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, okay, fine. How about we just stop everything? you know,
1: and, and, and go from there and see what happens. So anyway, good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. nice. Now the quote from Ford today was the measures have worked. And I keep in mind, it's only been a week ago where he decided to extend the stay at home order, which included no golf. He made that call like a week ago and a week later now he's declared, you know, the measures have worked. We're seeing positive trends, and uh, the deal here is that the, it's going to be a slow, measured reopening with extreme caution. What they're calling a phased, three-step roadmap. Um, but outdoor recreation is the exception because there's no uh, there's no slow, measured deal there. Most outdoor recreation is opening immediately Saturday. Yeah, so, and, and
0: and you know what? You got you got to back off, people. On some of the comments I'm hearing about about, you know, him being a politician, of course, and him being the leader of the province and, you know, and people, you know, I was waffling again, you know, I, like, I, I just don't get it, you know, stand down, stand down folks a little bit from what we're, what we're experiencing, what, what we're under right now. And, um, you know, the, the the some of these comments from people, they're just not really finishing their final thought, you know, that, that this is a conspiracy, to, you know, everything from that to, to you know goddamn the politicians and i want to ask all those people what possible advantage do you think what possible advantage do you think the government has in this case premier ford that he has to to calling for bans or not or lifting the ban and other people are freaking out they should you know they they're talking like this guy's going to make a bunch of money off of it or something you know and so it's always struck me as odd that that these comments from people are are talking like there's a big 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 advantage from you know governments to do this i mean they're they're it's terrible what they're trying to manage right now you know small yeah. business steve right is is awful um you know so hey everyone just back off a little bit about burying these people you know during this terrible terrible time you know
1: one thing that i've been critical of is just this outdoor recreation thing. That's the first time I've kind of chimed in with criticism, but it's not coming from a point of conspiracy where it's like, oh, he's getting kickbacks here. There's an ulterior motive here. I think it was one of those, like you said earlier, one of those when in doubt leave it out things. Uh, But I did think it lacked common sense. So I'm glad that that they've come to their senses for lack of a better phrase and uh, made the right call here. But everything else, yeah, it's been... I've had I've had some level of sympathy because nobody's trained for this really. Right, it's been learning on the go, like doctors included. Most doctors have never had to deal with a pandemic in their lives here in the country of Canada. Um, you know, so they're taking guidance from other parts of the world and getting their information and making their best calls. I mean, it really is like taking an English person and saying, "Here, here's the manual. It's all in Chinese. Good luck." Right, it's not something we've ever seen before, and you have to give them. You have to cut them a little bit of slack. That said, I would have thought that we'd have had this thing under control in um, less than what is it now, fourteen months. But it is a tough deal for sure.
0: But but does it really not make sense, Steve, when, when, when he did this? Right, everyone freaked out about golf, and you know, talk to someone maybe who got COVID on a golf course when it was open. You know, talk to talk, talk to someone who's been affected by it, who who you know perhaps got COVID. Uh, you know, touching a ball washer, picking up a pin, I've, you know, I don't know, grabbing it. Well, whatever, whatever, you know, who got it. So
1: but my understanding there isn't a single case that can be traced back to a golf course.
0: Yeah. Well, that's okay. Not yet. You know, not yet. Um, anyway, I'm, I, I'm of that view that the, the, the guys are, they're trying their best here under very trying circumstances, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, all right. Let's take a break right now. Actually, before we do that, let me insert a little update the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to shake off their 16-year run of not winning a playoff series. They're not off to a good start at all. And normally I'd be in full blue team elimination watch mode right now, but the circumstance of that game Thursday, not so much. Habs do win 2-1 to one in Game 1. Gorgeous shorthanded goal by Ottawa native Paul Byron to win it. Kind of got tripped up on a pseudo-breakaway, and while he's on his stomach, he tucks it upstairs past Jack Campbell. And how good does that feel for Paul Byron after he went on waivers several times this year in Montreal? And now the reason I don't feel my normal giddiness about a Leaf loss, especially in the playoffs, is because of the injury to John Tavares. Tavares got clipped by Ben Sherratt in the neutral zone, and then as he fell, he got kneed in the head by Corey Perry. Really, really ugly stuff. Very scary in the moment. And the good news is Tavares is conscious and communicating well right now. Uh, According to head coach Sheldon Keefe, as of last night, he's going to spend the night in hospital or spent last night in the hospital uh, for further testing, but that's pretty encouraging. And our fingers are crossed for a speedy recovery for JT. I was left with a couple of questions after the injury, though. First of all, what the hell is the on-ice trainer doing? He lets Tavares get up into this awkward position Uh, Looked like he was going to further injure himself. So Tavares is on the ice, and he's at no further risk of injury when the trainer arrives. He's clearly in la-la land. And yet the trainer allows Tavares to get up into this super awkward position, upright on his knees, and he loses consciousness again while he's in that spot and literally starts bending over backward, kind of like a limbo thing happening. And I'm thinking his knees are being ripped to shreds. He could hurt his back and... By this time, a second trainer had come in, and they were trying to support him from falling over backward. And I don't know, maybe some medical folks listening in can straighten me out. But to me, that looked like some real inexperience on the medical staff there. It looked bad. The other question is, Nick Foligno knew it wasn't Corey Perry's fault, and he said as much. So why did he still have to fight him? I know it's not your fault. I'm not mad at you, but i still got to fight you. And I stand up a little bit for the fights that happen after those big, clean hits. A lot of people complain about those, but I still stand up for them because there's camaraderie in that. And most of the time, the player doesn't know if it was clean or not. We have the luxury of a replay as the TV viewer. Uh, the players don't. So they just stand up for their guy, right? They stand up for their teammate. But Felino had to know. Tavares was on the ice for a very long time, and they could have seen the replay. And Felino knew it wasn't on Perry. In fact, he said as much. I uh, even saw Perry go over and give Tavares his best as he's being stretchered off. And no, no. Felino's like, I've still got to fight you. <laughs> so watch out for Nick Felino if you ever see him. He may have no reason to fight you, but he may in fact fight you. Our email address Steve at We're gonna be back with more after these words. Everyone knows that to get the best price on home and auto insurance, you have to shop around, but who really wants to do that? With access to all kinds of insurance markets, not only can I get you the best price, but I'll also make sure that you get full value for your money. Call me. I'm Jared Gerrard, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Hey, did you know that Jim K. Ford has been around since 1982? One of the longest running dealerships in all of Ottawa. The K. family proudly strive to provide the best service in the automotive market, with the help of their fantastic team of professionals, they're continually training and improving to ensure you always have the finest buying experience. See what they're all about, shop for your next vehicle, then make your appointment today at JimK4.com, 438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Oh baby, I could go for some Pico pizza right now. Pico is Ottawa's home for authentic old school, custom crafted, Neapolitan style pizza, without all the fuss and expense of fine dining. Pico is delicious. It's quick and easy, fresh and healthy, and made with the highest quality ingredients. Craft your own thin crust pizza masterpiece with unlimited toppings for only $15. Pico, 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf Street, and their new location at 305 Rideau. All right, let's jump in today because there's lots to talk about. And the one that grabbed me from the night that was in hockey in the Stanley Cup playoffs was the Nazem Kadri hit. And Nazim Kadri, longtime Toronto Maple Leaf, now with a Colorado Avalanche for the last couple of years. Uh, he just really seems to save his worst for the playoffs. He's gonna be suspended again, I think, for a match penalty that he took after an illegal check on Justin Falk last night, and uh It was one of those ones that was kind of blindside, if you can think of Matt Cook on Mark Savard or Chris Neal on Chris Drury. One of those deals where the offensive player's coming in, he's going to take a shot, and then someone's coming from the lateral side and just blows them up, mostly with contact to the head. And Kadri, I think, is going to... Well, he's going to be in a little trouble. Right now, if you look at his rap sheet right now, this uh, will be, I think, I'm assuming he's going to get suspended um this would be his 3rd postseason suspension and he's been suspended five times in all in his career what did you think of the hit
0: well did we talk yesterday steve i forget
1: did we talk about the young
0: junior hockey player who's part of a class action suit now Um, yeah
1: like for 15 minutes we talked about it
0: right okay i thought so um well I I couldn't remember I
1: couldn't remember. It wasn't like a passing mention. It was 15 right, okay. minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought well, yeah, you know, I'm doing suspendables and all this shit, Stevie, I lose track. Um, right, right. So so that talk yesterday, right, was about this thing about concussions uh that this kid, you know, it's a very interesting story that he stepped forward and said, "Here's here here's the story. I was told to do this. I was sent to a gym as you said, yeah, you know, to learn boxing. I was told Unless you fight, you're not going to have a spot on this team, right? And and yep. that's right. And again, so now I recall again, again, whatever the fallout is, uh, liability wise, we'll wait and see, you know. But but here, this thing is again rearing its ugly head, you know, about about concussions. So, and all the players, right? All the players and the players' association came together and said, we got to, you know, we really got to guard against this, and we really have to have things in place about player safety. Okay, so. Unless Nazan Kadri is not, you know, part of that, which of course he is, uh, and as a veteran player, you know, to say, okay, well, the last thing then that we we got to do, you know, or the first thing that we have to do, I should say, is we got to stop hits where you're targeting the guy's head. Mm-hmm. All right, show of hands if they agree with that, hundred percent, hundred percent. This this guy, you know what? It's like it's lethal, man. It's lethal what he's doing and and, and then don't complain to me about about concussions, you know? You idiot, you know the, the, It's terrible what that guy did. There's no doubt in my mind, Steve, to answer your question when I saw the video of it. It's a hundred percent premeditated. The guy comes from 15 feet away, got the guy lined up. you know, the guy dude steps across the blue line. You know, Nazankaji starts to line him up from the left face off circle, and absolutely drills the guy and kind of goes up with his shoulder to make sure he does hit his head,
1: you know? That's the part that bugged me, that he was basically almost on his tiptoes, like making sure he's up high as he makes that hit, making it impossible not to engage the player's head. Um, It was Justin Falk. And I I saw a few people on social media, Jimmy, saying, well, Falk has got the puck, and he's in a prime shooting area. What else do you want the guy to do based on where he was coming from Just let him shoot, or do you try and make contact? And if you make contact when a guy's not expecting it like that, well, of course, it's going to involve a guy getting blown up. But it's that body position that you just talked about that, to me, fails to exonerate it. Like, this is why why it is absolutely a suspendable hit because he chose to stay up high. He could have got down crouching and still blown the guy up by taking him out through the midsection, but he wanted to make sure... That, uh, that he landed that thing up high. And and his past record, just like Tom Wilson, speaks for itself. And again, I'll throw the NHLPA into the equation. If you're truly worried about your guys, uh, why aren't you guys intervening somehow on what the NHL is doing in the way of lack of punishment uh, yeah, for even if, of these hits? Uh,
0: you know, I'll tell you what, Stevie. So when they're determining suspensions, as far as I know, when they're, when they're looking at the hit, when it goes under review, when they've got to call the guy under the carpet to figure it out, there there, there's you know three three main things i guess that that they look at okay and one of them one of those three things steve is was that hit avoidable okay i know that they were talking about it last night i was watching some post-game stuff okay could could the player have maneuvered his way around not uh ending up what he did do okay was he able to avoid that to not hit the guy that way that's an, that's one of the top three things that they look at. Okay. And the answer is unequivocally, yes, he could have. He could have he could have done a lot different there and still made a play, is the point. He's not gonna stop. You know, I get that. He's not gonna stop, but but look at it again and you'll see that this guy did the the last thing he could have done. The last thing that was on the list of what he could have done was I don't
1: think he could have stick checked him. Um but I definitely you get his think way, though,
0: Stevie, for sure. Know? He
1: could have he could have knocked him off stride in such a way that would have ruined the shot. But he chose instead to do damage, to intimidate, uh, to send a message. And I get that. I mean, the NHL's had 100 years of behaving that way and having that mentality. Yeah. But it's not it's not 100 years ago anymore. And what we know about head injuries, there has to be some level of sympathy between from player to player. And if it's not there, the book needs to be thrown at that player.
0: Right. You know, I after the show yesterday and after that story about the the uh, junior player uh, being part of that class action suit, I phoned Liam, you know, I, because Liam, right, Liam's been freaking out for for years when the media and, and the hockey fans come on and go, they got to get rid of fighting, right? Mm-hmm. You know this as well as I do. And anyone who's been around Ottawa who's, has heard that drum being beaten by McGuire, Liam McGuire. And so I phoned him, you know. And he, of course, I said I put about eight words out there, Steve. Okay, and then I sat back with my phone on speaker to hear Leo or Liam, Liam, you know, st- start to rev it up, Stevie, and crescendo about the eleventh minute, you know, right. on this thing. But his point, you know, Liam is a is a barometer for this thing, and he is he's followed it his whole life. And in the end, he said, you know, hockey should be commended for what they've done from where it was, you know. And people coming out saying we got to do something about concussion. This is terrible what the game's doing. He, that day is gone now. Okay, that day, that that day is in the past. Where uh, you know you got stage fights and a bunch of fighting and guys being punched in the head, you know, all day long in a hockey game. It, it's it's gone, you know. And and he unpredictably in my mind said the the league is doing great things to get rid of it. You know that they're trying trying their best to do it with the player safety stuff and all that. Um, but this sets them back, right? It 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 totally sets them back. You know, if you're the league and the commissioner, you call the guy and go, "Dude, we're trying our best here. We're trying our best to accommodate tough hockey and all that stuff." But when you, you piece of shit, come flying across the ice like that and and try and knock this guy into next week, you know, you're you're we got to make a big stand here, Stevie. You know, mm-hmm. some people are talking seven four games for that guy, right? That that the suspension should
1: be that. Well, based on his history, for sure. I don't think that you'd ever see a four-game suspension. You would never get a four-game suspension if if you're a first-timer or something like that. You know, we saw that hit from behind the other night, and it ended up being a a one-game suspension from the Florida-Tampa Bay Series. And uh, this one, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all to see him get a four-gamer. And uh, he's really doing his team a disservice, too. Like, this would be the third playoffs now where he has disappeared because he was being a jackass. But uh, the NHL can, you know, they're doing a good job in the, you know, in, in a general way. They just, there's a lot of glaring errors as we go. But if you look at the, the whole train, instead of just one of the cars, as we often do, look at the whole train and you'd say, okay, it is at least moving in the right direction. I think we can agree on that, but uh, yeah. still lots of work to do.
0: Well, and the other, you know, I'd said there's a few things, you know, so the one is, could they hit, could they hit been avoided? And yes, it could. The other one is, is there a history from the player? Okay? So you're not, as you point out, Steve, you're not talking about, I think he's done this before. We have to look back. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, well, one of the ridiculous things to do is they expunge the record after a while. I'm not even sure if uh, Kadri qualifies as a repeat offender or not. Every time I think that, I, you know they tell you, oh, well, that's only going back. I, I don't know what the, the number is. It goes back two, maybe three years or something like that. Um, so a lot of his past record might be no longer considered when they decide on suspensions. So that yeah. has to change as well. I don't care about that. You did say, you know, you're behaving like that in 2021. You shouldn't get away with not being a repeat offender for something you did say in 2014. You're still the same guy.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, the other thing is if you know, if you're on the Colorado, you're a teammate of this guy's, you know, you I'm I'm sitting them down afterwards, okay, and going. Listen, idiot. Okay. It's not like we're down two games to nothing here. Okay. And I get maybe we gotta we gotta mix it up. We gotta try something, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe. Okay. I understand that. But we got this team by the balls. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got we got everything. The table is set for us to whip them right out of town and, and you know, and win this thing in four or five games. Okay. And and now this is what you do. Totally unnecessary, man. Okay. Totally. What what are you doing to us? What are you doing? Now you're gonna get suspended, you know. Uh, so I, I'd be livid, right? I'd be going, "Fuck! I just what? Let, let me get inside your head there." You know, as Raúl used to call him, "Nazi candy." <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> I'm Raúl. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I hope the team rallies around him. You know, rallies, yeah. rallies are you know against the the guy and go, "You're,
1: you freaking DB," you know. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's take another time out on the program. When we come back, we're going to talk about another controversy, and that's happening in Major League Baseball, and it is about the Chicago White Sox and manager Tony La Russa, who is scolding one of his star players after the rookie ignored a take sign to hit a home run off of a 3-0 pitch during a White Sox blowout. We'll talk about that and all of the exterior things. It's quite interesting coming up after these words. Have your insurance rates been going up year over year? You're not alone. It's happening to everyone. I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and see if I can save you a bunch of money. 860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Hit the road in a new 2021 model with your choice of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. These are unconventional times right now, but for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or jimkford.com. If you want to get stronger, look better, and feel better, Popeye Supplements has solutions to help you with your goals. And in partnership with the best, the most proven brands out there, Popeyes has introduced their fantastic value sizes with anywhere from 20% to 60% more product than you'll find in other stores. Their cost per serving is unmatched, giving you the best value possible. Check out PopeyesOnlineOrders.com or see them on Instagram at PopeyesOntario. And compared to this time last year, the price of a single-family home in Ottawa has gone through the roof. Curious to know what your home is worth in a blazing hot market like this? You should call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free, no obligation estimate. Glenn helped us sell our home. He's a great guy, and I think you'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and whatever other similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. So, James, what say you, you? do, about- Steve, before All you right.
0: do. Okay Uh, because I know you love hockey. Um, So remember yesterday I was talking about, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to tee off Thursday uh, against Montreal. It's the first time in, you know, 7,250 years that these two teams have faced faced each other.
1: I like that you Uh, said tee off, by the way. It makes it sound like they're going to be golfing soon. Yeah,
0: yeah, right, yeah. One of the great lines here was, was, did you see the, uh, the golf courses are all on fire? There's flames everywhere. Get it, Steve? Oh Flame? yes, Yeah, yeah. yes. It's, so it's, remember- a, it's Alberta hockey
1: humor. I'm sorry, I was a little yeah, slow yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. try and keep up, Stevie. Um, <laughs> so yesterday I was saying, and, and uh, with you and I think talking to Russ, I if you're so Toronto's supposed to wipe them out and all this stuff, right? And and we have been on them, right? We looked at their playoff history there, right? <laughs> that they talking about. It's just abysmal, right? What they what they haven't been able to do, and I was saying, would everyone just stop saying if I'm running the Leafs? Please stop saying, this is their year. Look out. Everyone stand down. Blah, 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 blah. Right? You're going like there is No, stop that shit. Okay? We've been through that. Stop it. So what happens to me, Stevie? All I got to do is look in my own backyard. Okay? That everyone is talking about, watch out. Connor McDavid has arrived. Okay? Right? Connor McDavid has arrived. Set to got 100 points in 50-plus games. Okay? Dry saddle, number two. And people yesterday, Stevie, were like licking their chops. Okay? going on and on. Not only that, Stevie, right, where I'm going, just shut up, okay, you're going to jinx this thing. Not only that, the owner, Stevie, okay, Daryl Cates, who does not give interviews, okay, he's reclusive, He he's, he's he's you know, he's really eccentric, okay, the guy's an enigma, right, as a hockey owner, does, has, has, I think he's gave, given one interview in six months. What does the dude decide to do yesterday? I'm going to give an interview and start to, you know, and, and ends up saying, Steve, in this interview that he gave to Terry Jones, that this looks like it's gonna be the Oilers of old that we've all come uh, be, uh, that we've all come to, to know that we're mm. great teams. This is special, this is gonna be an unbelievable year. And so that's what he does yesterday to grant that interview. What happens last night, Stevie? What happens last night? Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, nowhere. No points. Okay. (laughs) It's like, that's like, that's like a speaking of baseball. That's with these no hitters. That's you know, I don't know. That's the equivalent of Winnipeg hitting a no hitter. You know, that they shut those guys down. Right. And did they ever, did they ever, but please people, please, you know, really pipe down, zipper it.
1: Right. Jets do win four, one and definitely dominated game one. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the thing about you have that elite talent, but unlike the Gretzky years, you just don't have layer after layer after layer <laughs> of skill behind Wayne Gretzky. Right? It's just, it's just that's how that's. And and by the way, Paul Maurice is is a pretty damn good coach. The Jets are a pretty good team, despite the fact they scuffled in the last month, and uh, they've had a while to to game plan, and they game planned. Yeah. Very beautifully in Game One uh, to shut down McD- McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah,
0: for sure. I, is it Biexa? I, I, who's who's now on the on the panel for TSN?
1: Yeah, Kevin Biexa.
0: Yeah, he's really good. He's really good, and he he broke the game down. Right? It's like how did how did you guys possibly keep Connor McDavid off the off the board? And he was showing what Winnipeg is doing, and he explained that a lot of the a lot of the problems are when guys take a shot in the offensive zone. Okay, defensemen, For example, when they fire one, they usually move in a bit, right? Mm-hmm. They'll they'll move in, and if it gets blocked, they, they you know un- under normal circumstances with a guy who doesn't have blazing speed, right? They're o- they're they're okay with taking that chance because they can backcheck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what they did yesterday, BX has showed it a number of times that there you know the puck got turned over. Winnipeg took a shot, the puck got turned over, and plays whip in the other end, whipping the other way. And you can see two guys there, but you can't see he's the third guy who's so far back, Stevie, he's out of the frame of the, of the picture. Okay. On TV. And he said, that's what Winnipeg did last night. No one, no one moved in after a shot, not a defenseman, you know, but you know, pushed up into the, into the play when it was in the offensive zone. And he said, they completely shut them down. He said, this is going to be a fantastic chess match to see how Tippett's going to come back and try and, coach around that uh and he was saying good good luck because they're going to come up with something to do it and i'm going i don't know anyway he, he, they he do still great.
1: outshot the, shoot the jets 33 to 22 and uh the reality is even uh even when things weren't going well defensively uh you still have the reigning vesna trophy champion in the winnipeg net which is going to complicate things as well i think we all agree the jets have it all over the oilers as far as starting goaltending
0: yep. goes. Absolutely.
1: All right, let's close it out with this discussion about uh, Tony LaRussa and then we'll be on our way because I need to make a tee-off time. I got the news that the province is opening up golf this weekend, and it must have been a, such a last-second decision. doesn't seem like the golf courses were kind of kept in the loop because I mean, ideally, if I'm a golf course owner... I want operators standing by, you know, yeah. I'd have like 10 people answering phones. Right. And I'm like, I called six different courses, Jimmy, and I couldn't get through to anybody and all the <laughs> online tee off times, they're all still saying course closed on Saturday. I'm like, yeah. no. So hopefully yeah. I can get something done. I,
0: I talked to a superintendent, best friend of mine, uh, Richard, I grew up playing golf with Richard and he's been a long time superintendent in, in Toronto at a course mm-hmm. called St. Andrews. And I was talking to him uh, yesterday and he said, uh, you know, this this has been uh, a golf course superintendent's dream that right. they can... Because the anxiety for those guys, Steve, is trying to open after long winters in Canada and trying to get a course in good shape, mm-hmm. right? And and they never have the time, right? That people are so anxious after the winter. We want to tee it up like at the 1st of April, you know, right? And he said it's been great. so. He was saying this, you know, golf courses are going to be in the best condition ever because these guys have had a head start, you know, without play. So you're going to. have well, some my,
1: good... Yeah, Michael always wants me to go out to Rockland. We go to Rockland every Saturday because he likes to drive to Rockland and see the the arena there, even though it's not open. He just likes to go to the arena and that's the route we always take. And uh, I drive by Camelot and have every Saturday. And yes. I just wanted to, I wanted to pull the car over and just like, I don't know take my shirt off and roll around on the greens and stuff. Yeah, and someone it sent it looks, me a picture. Everything looks beautiful right now. It really
0: does. So you're in for a treat all summer. Beauty.
1: All right, let's close it out with this, uh, this story about Tony La Russa. And just to reset it, because it happened a, a few days ago now, uh, Tony La Russa is, what is he, 90? Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's the White Sox manager. I think he's 76. Um, La Russa expressed disappointment in one of his players, Jermaine Mercedes, after his DH swung at a 3-0 pitch in the ninth inning of a game, Chicago was leading at the time 15-4 to mm-hmm. back on Monday night. This is against the Twins. And uh, so at th- a 3-0 and count, Mercedes, um, well, he's facing at this stage a position player because, you know, that's standard stuff. Yeah. team's getting blown out. They don't want to waste their pitcher's arms, so they put a position player in there. And Mercedes <laughs> smashed a 47-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> <laughs> over the center field fence for his third hit of the game, and Larusa lost his shit. He said, yeah. big mistake. The fact he's a rookie and excited helps explain why he's clueless. But now he's got a clue. And when later on, the Twins started, I guess they threw behind him. I don't know if it was that night or maybe the next night. Yeah. But they, they started throwing at Mercedes, and La Russa endorsed it. His own guy, he's endorsing the other team throwing at him. And so it, uh, it's it's resulted in a big mess because um, La Russa is old school, obviously, and a lot of his players, Mercedes for one, but some of his teammates too are fully in the mode of, hey, why don't you put a pitcher on the mound and try and strike him out? In the meantime, he's playing baseball. And uh, so there's a bit of a feud going on. With the White Sox right now, between manager and players,
0: yeah. So the the follow up today is that um, uh, is Sabathia a pitcher on on the White Sox?
1: No, no, he's a former major league pitcher.
0: Okay, so that was his comments about Rip and Larusa. I remember yeah. Sabathia pitched for New York, right, for the Yankees.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the quote. I didn't get into Sabathia yet. Okay. It was, uh, but uh, Sabathia's quote was, "Tony Larusa is out of touch. You got a rookie that's been carrying your fucking team." through the first six fucking weeks of the season, and now you don't have a problem with the fucking weird-ass Minnesota Twins throwing behind one of your biggest hitters? That's just stupid. He shouldn't be managing that team. If you aren't going to step up and have your players back, then what's the point of being the manager of the White Sox? And by the way, the F-bombs I put in there, I eliminated eight others in oh. just that, in that one quote. So yeah. obviously lots of players feel the way some of the man, the guys on the White Sox do.
0: Yeah, so I would expect this, if this happened, okay? When, when would a manager uh, be allowed? When would it be okay? When would it be acceptable if a manager goes public and rips one of his own players, okay? And the only thing I could think of would be if your own pitcher intentionally, threw, uh, intentionally hit a guy, mm-hmm. intentionally hit a batter, okay? And that you might come out and go, there's no way you should have done that. It's a selfish move, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I, I might understand that. Okay. But all this kid did was hit him, you know. You know, that's the no swing zone, right? Three and and0 count. Never, you, no one ever gets the green light, okay? Ever, right? On a three and and0 thing. And and this kid just probably, you know, you know, he, he sees this thing coming at him, Steve, like a beach ball, right? <laughs> it's like, how can I not do this? And rips. it was just such a non story, Stevie. You know, I it was I, I never even would have heard about that. You know, who cares? Who gives a shit, yeah. right? Who gives a shit? They're having fun. You know, they're hitting hit a few dingers. They're killing the team. Now that thing blows up in everyone's face because La Russa comes out and
1: makes that comment. You know, yeah. now the
0: thing now the thing won't go away. Right? Yeah, and
1: here's CBS is a great column on it. They came up with the top five problems with what La Russa did and the way he did it. Uh, number one is he made it public. Keep that stuff in house. Good point. Or you're going to lose your guys. Number two, he threw his guy under the bus. And you throw one guy under the bus, the rest of the team, other players are going to wonder is he going to do me like that someday? Is that how mm-hmm. he's going to treat me? Right. Uh he wanted his players, number three, he wanted his players to stop trying. Isn't that isn't that exactly what you want your guys to do to be out there trying all the time? Um so that was uh, another one. And then number four, players are paid on their numbers. That's how it's set up in, in all the major sports. Your numbers equal a payday. They're taking care of their families. And if they've got an opportunity to put another home run in the home run column when people are looking at stats at the end of the year, uh, why would you begrudge a guy for that? And finally, La Russa is just messing with the clubhouse. The White Sox entered the that game with a 25 and 16 record, best record in the American league. And then you decide to muck with things over something like that.
0: Right. You know, if there was a mercy rule, Steve, in major league baseball, right. Which, which there isn't. Okay. Everyone's aware of the mercy rule, right. We, we quit. Okay. We're getting drilled. Okay. We're take, we're going home. We've had enough. Right. You know um, it, it, you know, my, if, if that team came forward and go look at, uh, I would almost like one. Okay. Steve, when that happens, we're down, we're down 11 runs. Okay. We're not coming back from this game. And if I'm a manager, uh, I, I get why they put the position guy in there. I think it was the first baseman, right. That they put him in there. Cause I don't want to take the chance of my pitcher getting hurt. Okay. Of one of my relief guys, uh, you know, get, getting freaking hit by a ball, whatever. Right. So, so I understand that, right. That, Okay, we're not, you know, I know you paid a good amount of money to come and watch this game and you expect to see the pitch, but that ain't going to happen.
1: I've always felt like, not a mercy rule. I don't think there should be anything automatic. It should be up to the team that's down as Mm -hmm. to when they want to call it a day or throw in the towel like they do in boxing. I, I would say that I would like to bring in a curling type rule that if the manager says, you know what, we're down in this game. I got no pitchers right now. I got to think about the next game. The manager should have the option to walk over to the other manager and shake hands and say, we're done today. Or tell them, whatever, however you play it, there should be a, a mechanism in place where a manager can concede. Because I think that's preferable to firing position players out there who sometimes will get injured because they're throwing harder than they ever have because they don't want to look stupid. And uh, I think that's probably a better setup yeah, than yeah. doing it this way.
0: Well, that's what I mean. When I say mercy rule, I don't mean, I don't mean a mandated thing from the league. Uh, you know well, that's I mean? generally
1: a mercy rule, right? You're down right, 10 but, after but, five, right?
0: Well, what, what I mean is that the, exactly what you said, is that we're, 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 we're throwing our arms up here, okay? Right. We, we, we forfeit, okay? Yep. We're done, right? Uh, um, so I agree with you, all right? And that's exactly what I meant by this thing, that, that you should have that option. You know, you should okay. have that option. So anyway, it doesn't happen. Okay, it doesn't happen. They say we got to play the games, right, Steve? You got to finish the game. Got to, I mean, keep trying, I guess, to the best of our ability. So uh, obviously, the game goes on, and they put this guy in there. So now everyone expects, okay, well, I, I don't know, don't swing at anything, right? Well, if they don't do that, Steve, okay, you're you're probably into this guy never being able to throw a freaking strike. Right. You, know, you, you, you know what I mean? If, if we walk up to the plate and and say, okay, don't, you know, let the guy throw a bunch of pitches and don't swing at anything, okay? Who cares if we get struck out? Who cares, you know, if you're going to – you're, the game will never end. This guy's not a pitcher, right? It's going to, yeah. you know, well, ball four. There we go again. They walk in another seven runs. You know, what, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, so, I think
1: it's more than anything is uh, – I mean, you could talk about – the 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 point in the game the scoreboard you got a position player pitching you can get into all that the biggest thing here is and larussa's got an ego as big as the planet he is pissed off because a player dared to defy him right he, right. he said don't swing it's 3 and 0 do not swing and he ignored the signal and took the took a deep and that is how dare you defy me? I'm Tony LaRussa. Do you have mm. any idea who I am? I can end you. And that's the personality of Tony LaRussa. And that's the biggest problem well, that he had with the whole thing. And here's the stupid thing, Stevie. Here's the really stupid thing about it
0: Tony LaRussa says, don't swing at that pitch. Okay. Uh, so what's really dumb is if the guy swings at the pitch and strikes out. Okay. So now larusso is gone. I thought I told you, you know, I've been managing a long freaking time here. I told you not to do that. And now, and now, you know, or or he, or he you know, he gets thrown out at first or something, Steve. Swings at that pitch. Now, right. now LaRusso's got a bit of a point, okay? Okay, but the kid hits it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Tony, maybe, you know, I think you were wrong there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tony, no the guy hit a home run. I mean, that's what. Baseball's all about, you know. And this, you know the other thing, Stevie? Um, that's that's really strange. Okay. So there's another no hitter, okay, this week. Two of them, right? That have that have been tossed. Uh seven is the all time record, and they've hit there, I don't know, there's been five, six, I think now. No hitters. Maybe, maybe seven already. Um Kershaw there, right? The great pitcher for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. He comes out today and says, no, he's a pitcher. He's a pitcher, says this is no good that all these no-hitters
1: are happening. So Kershaw says it's probably not good for the game about having six no-hitters in less than two months. It's actually like a month and a half. Uh, Corey Kluber uh, was the latest to do it on Wednesday night, and uh, so that was an interesting comment. And here's the full quote. It's not good, I'll tell you that. I think whatever the intention was with the new ball or whatever it might be, it really hasn't done anything. There might be less homers, which I guess is what they want, but I don't know the stats on all that, but I do know that strikeouts are the same. I think I saw some stats for April that it was the worst hitting month in the history of something or other. No-hitters are cool. I have all the respect in the world for Kluber and Bum, as in Bumgarner, and all those guys that have thrown no-hitters. But to have one happen every night, it seems like it's probably not good for the game. Fans want to see hits, and I get that. The action. Not many people striking out. I appreciate the attempt that Major League Baseball has tried to do, but I think it seems like they missed the mark so far. We'll see. I don't know.
0: That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard from a pitcher. <laughs> you know, and by the way, you know, watch a no-hitter going on. Okay. Watch when the guy's got the no-no going into eighth. Okay. The fans love it, Stevie. Right. They're on their feet every freaking pitch. This is exceptional. You know, the guys they're making history, right? That's the equivalent of a goaltender. In the NHL, right, Steve? Going public saying there's too many shutouts.
1: Yeah, 100%. It,
0: it's just, this goes down this week. We had uh, Kelly Rudy, right? We had him down on the, the, the take-back column. Okay, Stevie? Remember when he said, you know, that guy needs to be blamed for pulling a muscle? Yep. Right? This one's got to go in there. Tony LaRusses goes in there for take-backs and, and and Kershaw for, I'm a... I'm a Major League superstar pitcher, there's too many no-hitters.
1: <laughs> well, it's not just there's too many no-hitters. It's probably too many one-hitters and two-hitters and three-hitters, and lack of action is what he's talking about. And get this stat. Uh, the league right now, as we speak here on May 20th, the league, the entire league, is hitting two thirty-six, which would be the lowest batting average in the history of baseball. And further to that, the league hit two thirty-seven. That's the mark that stands right now. The league hit 237 in 1968, the year before Major League Baseball lowered the mound.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah. So I understand where he's coming from. It's not just the no-hitters he's talking about. He's talking about all of it, the lack of actual offense that's happening right now. And even as someone who makes his living by having near no-hitters and no-hitters and going to the Hall of Fame for shutting other teams down, he even sees that that could be a problem.
0: Yeah. Sort of ironic, Steve. It comes on the heels of uh, Chicago winning 15 4. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. They're quite annoying. <laughs> <there. laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I got to make a tee off time here, my friend. We'll talk to you on Monday.
0: I'm back to the PGA, Stevie. Back to the PGA. At the time of recording, uh, Corey Connors in the lead through seven, seven eight holes at 300. Go, the Coco.
1: Go, Coco. What? Coco.
0: That's a great nickname. Yeah, because his first two letters in his first name are C O, and the first two letters in his last name are C O. Right? Coco. Let's go, Coco. Oh my <laughs> God! It's so late. I got to get out of here. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.